You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, happy Resurrection Day to everybody. My gosh, he's good, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna pray and, and go into whatever Holy Spirit has for us today. And you know, I, I think that I, I heard somebody, I've heard this said um, by multiple different different people that I really that I really value and <laughs> that was um, somebody's got a incredible future in singing <laughs> uh, here right now just <clears throat> the voice of the Lord coming <laughs> forth from children <laughs> We could take a good lesson from them, right? And just relaxing and having fun. Um, that's what I, I talked to somebody this week, and this is just to kind of preface. I'm getting ready to go back into what I was going to say, but I was talking to a, a young man this week, and I, I let him know. I'm like, man, he just um, he had applied so much pressure to himself for the Christian life. And who's ever done that before? You ever tried real hard to be a Christian? <laughs> right? <laughs> Me too. Tried real hard. Tried real hard to be a good Christian. Um, tried real hard, failed real hard, tried real hard, failed real hard, and just over and over and over again. And then I, I got this revelation that, you know, I never tried real hard to be a sinner. It came very natural to me. Right? Did you, ever put, you, you remember, some of you remember before Christ, right? Some of you, it wasn't that long ago. Some of them are more vivid memories and, and others, you, memories you'd like to forget. And, and I've got my fair share of those too. But I never put forth any effort, and what I mean by that is it, would, it didn't seem like it was outside of my nature, right? Because I was born into, into sin. It was, my, it was my natural state of being. It was easy, right? And for some of you, it's, that's a little different than others, and some of us, it, it almost seemed like we had more sin nature than other people. <laughs> I, I don't... And completely understand that because I know we all had it, but some of us just act out of it more. I, I believe some of us had less or more of a conscience than others, and uh, I didn't have much of one at all. And uh, I'm like, man, if I, if I didn't put forth any effort, if it was natural for me to actually be a sinner, then it should be natural for me to be a Christian, Right? So maybe we'll talk some more about that in a minute. It's, it's, it's literally our natural state of being. What I was getting ready to say about all the, the great people, one of my, my favorite people in the world I've heard say this before, is that we often gather around, in this day and age, we gather around sermons or teachings. And teaching is important. Teaching is for the, for, for the training and equipping of the body of Christ so that we can become 
uh, whole so that we can walk as one, so that we can look like everything that was already mentioned today from what Joe said to uh, both Joe and Kaya beautifully articulated uh, the gospel, you know, and, and what Jesus paid for, for us to be a bride without spot or blemish. <laughs> if, if you're not familiar with that language, it just means that we were created to be whole and holy as one, as one bride. Um, and so that all is important, but throughout the Bible, they didn't gather around the person. Because when his presence is there, he's present. It's not worshiping a cloud or not worshiping a substance that you feel or goosebumps that you get. It's literally falling in in love with the one who has loved us from the foundation of the world. (laughs) It's all one great big 66 book love letter that's written to all of humanity. And so though I value teaching and though I value the Word of God and I base, Lindsay and I base our whole lives off of it, we weren't ever created to gather around some great teaching, but we were actually created to gather around the one who, who sent His Son to gather us back to Himself so that we could actually live out of everything that, what Kaya said, He dreamed we would be. As our friend David Wagner says, He had... He had a dream and he wrapped you around it. We know you're Emmanuel, but we ask that you would come and manifest yourself today in greater ways, that you would become more experiential to us. We don't just need another sermon. We need an encounter with the living God today. Uh, We need to be marked in a new way. We need to fall in love all over again today because we know the world needs you because we know we needed you. And we want to be a representation of what you look like, of, of what it is to experience you, of what it is to look into the face of the Father. <sighs> we know, we know, we know we were, we were predestined to be all those things. And so would you, would you come today? Would you mess up our, our theology? Would you offend our minds to get to our hearts? Would you do... Just, just do whatever it is that you want to do so that we look more like you. Cover more of what's inside of us already, what you deposited in there. <sighs> yes, thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you for your presence right now. Just as some of us were experiencing him in worship, I just feel like that there's that experiential presence in the room and even for those of you online this is for you too we can just begin to receive who thank you Jesus it may seem selfish when we talk a lot about receiving but we when we're good receivers we'll be good represent uh, representatives of of his love who so thank you father thank you for helping us receive your love today. Thank you for helping us rest in the position of being held by you today. Just mess us up today with your love. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I'm in a room full of people who didn't just come to Easter service to check it off their list. 
for people who want to, that are pursuing you, that want to know you more intimately and experientially. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Who are hungry for you. The fire has already been ignited in the hearts of those that are here. Would you fan that flame today, Father? We want everything that you paid for. We hear about the things of old that have taken place. And we know that revival is here. But we sure aren't seeing it like we know you want it or even how we want it. So would you come today and ignite something new in us? Would there be a greater a greater hunger, a greater revelation that we are poor in spirit, that we literally have to have you. We have to have you. We are, yeah. And if we aren't already, would you turn our attention to the fact that we were created to be dependent on you. In all things, every breath, and we what we deem ministry stuff, but every, every breath, it's you. Our daughter sings the song, every breath lungs is Jesus. Every, it's every, every sound I make to release the revelation of Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Father. I'm just going to come out and glide out of this prayer into sharing. And I, I whew, thank you, Father. I get to share with a group of, of students on, on Thursday night and students of a ministry school. And those are some of my favorite places to be because they've paid a price to be there. They've almost at the nine-month mark of of school, of graduation, and they've went through all the things that some of us know when you go through a school of, um, you're like, man, you know, when you sign up, you get excited, and then you start to go through it, and you're about halfway through, and you're like, ah, the excitement's worn off, and now I've got to make a choice. Do I want to continue to do this? And, and um, they've, paid, they've literally paid a price with their time and, and with their money, and uh, and it's just, it's the hunger, you know, it's like being in this room with you guys, it's just hungry people, and I begin to talk to them about the greatest prophetic word that you will ever release in your life, that I believe personally you'll ever release, and it will, it will, it won't be with what you say out of your mouth, but it will be with what you release as you walk the earth, in every place, every position that you're in, every place that you go, because every one of us have uh, a voice print, just like we do a thumbprint that's just unique from anybody else's on the planet, anybody that's ever been here, is here currently, or ever will be. Come on, talk about in individuality, right? God's all about indiv individuality that actually creates unity. Because when we know who we are as individuals, and we rest in the fact that I don't need uh, your grace or your anointing or whoever great revivalist that went on before us. When I, 
when I stop and realize that I can admire the faith of somebody else and, and I can hold the receipts of their life and say, God, if you did it for them, I believe that you want to do even more for me because that's because you go from glory to glory, right? From faith to faith. He doesn't decrease in, in miracles or in uh, the amount of people that are getting trained and equipped and saved. There's not... The kingdom realm never decreases, it never has on the earth, regardless of what times have seemed like over the last few thousand years since Jesus did what he did and what we celebrate today of the resurrection of the firstborn from the dead, right? Come on, the kingdom realm is in, it's been, it was prophesied about in Isaiah chapter 9 that that it would, that the government would be upon Jesus' shoulders and of the increase of that government, of the kingdom, and of peace, there would be no, no end, right? That's, that's God's math increase. <laughs> God's math is, is increase. And so, He created us to release a sound that nobody else can release. And so, why would I want what somebody else is walking in? I'll tell you two reasons, and, and I believe that one is, is because I don't believe, is that we don't believe sometimes, maybe nobody here, we don't believe that we're, we're special enough, we don't believe we've got something that the world needs, and I believe those lies for a lot of years, you know, when God had people give me prophetic words, as, you know, almost, you know, nine years ago, eight years ago now about writing books, and I'm like, what could I say that hasn't already been said, All right? I bought into that lie for years, and then I realized that you and I could say the same thing. And that what you release will be only what you can release. And what I release will be only what I can release. And it's not necessarily just about the words, but it's actually about the sound that's going into the earth from the individual who knows who they are as a son or daughter. Right? It's the, it's the voice print that was created to shatter darkness in the way that only you were created to shatter it. <laughs> right? I mean, there was light that broke in, into that cave. It was figurative. It was prophetic. When the stone was, was rolled away and light came into the cave, he, he was saying darkness is meant to be lit up. It's meant to be destroyed. Look what I'm doing for you to be able to become the individual that you were created to become so that the world can get the peace of my heart and the sound that only you were created to release. It's the gospel. And another reason is I believe that sometimes we believe that the gospel is just a message that's to be told and not something that's supposed to be embodied. But I believe that the message of the gospel comes as we know in 1 Corinthians 4.20 it says that the, the kingdom is not just a matter of mere talk, but of, of power, right? I'd like to expound on that and say that the message, the message of the cross, the, 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 true, the true gospel is actually meant to be embodied by every son and daughter of God so that it can be lived out and that the sound that we were created to release can go into the earth and begin to shift atmospheres in cities and in states and in nations so that the whole earth can be filled 
with the revelation, the realization that the glory of God is present. It's available for everybody to step into the fullness of what they were created to be and to step out of despair, to step out of hopelessness and addiction and suicide and all the things that plague the planet right now because you know governments don't shift atmospheres, right? Not literal ones, but kingdom government does when we realize who we are. And so sometimes we're, we're thinking, at least I have, is that I think that I just need to tell you about the gospel, but I believe now that I need to actually embody the gospel so that it's released through the sound that only I was created to release and that people begin to experience the love of the Father in the fullness of the way that only I was created to release it. It brings the revelation of who Jesus is when through our everyday life when we know what it means to be born again. Right? I'm going to say some things that may seem like semantics to you, but I hope that I get to the point. I hope that I get it across. I hope that you, you get it. I hope that I get it. Is that for years and years and years, and I know there's no sinner's prayer, and I got it back of a Gideon's Bible, and it's beautiful. I love it. I used to carry one of those little Gideon's Bibles uh, when I was at work because it fit right in my pocket. You know, that was before I wore slim fit jeans. I'm not sure if they would still fit in my pocket. Not skinny, slim. Skinny's too far, slim's a good. I'm okay with slim. Straight, slim, not, that's just, some of y'all can rock that, I can't, I can't do it, I think I'm, I'm probably a year or two, too old to do it anyway, I remember I'd sent, so I'll leave them unnamed, I'd send a picture to a, a, a friend, well a couple friends, and uh, some jeans that were ripped, right, you know, you buy them ripped, back when I was, you know, I'm sorry, back when I was a kid, you know, we used to walk uphill both ways to school, I'm not that old, but. That's what I felt like when I was saying it. But I said, we used to rip our own jeans. <laughs> and we'd bleach our own jeans. And then we'd cut them so that they would fray after you washed them so many times, right? You just ruined a good pair of Levi's or whatever. I don't even know what, else, what other kind of jeans there were back then. <laughs> Jordash or I'm not sure. I didn't wear Wranglers. Wranglers was a little too country for me even though I grew up in the country. I felt like I needed cowboy boots to wear those type of jeans. You know, I just wasn't there, even though I liked the boot cut. <laughs> so I sent this picture with some, you know, I went to Express and took a picture of these jeans, and they were ripped. And, and I, sent them to, I sent them to one of my friends, a couple of my friends, and they're like, mm. <laughs> too far. <laughs> you know what I'm grateful for? Friends that will tell me the truth. <laughs> you don't want to have one of those friends that lied to you and you get on American Idol, right, and you can't sing. <laughs> and they've encouraged you like, you're amazing, but you're really only amazing in the shower singing by yourself, right? That's me. I'm amazing to me and to Jesus. But if I belt something out right now, it, it, won't, it won't be pretty to you. <laughs> And so, <clears throat> where was I going with that? <laughs> I 
the sinner's prayer is something that we've, we've instituted so that people have guidelines, right? And so it's important to have guidelines, right? I believe that it's important to celebrate holidays like we call this. It brings us back to remembrance. We're like, this is, it, to me, it's a recalibration. Not that this day is more important than any, any other day, even though it may seem like that in history, but the resurrection is supposed to be celebrated every day through me, right? And my life of living in hope and living in joy. So the framework that I carried of what it looked like to, to share the gospel with somebody and have them pray a prayer looked like maybe something similar that you're used to. And like, say this prayer, and you, you, Romans 10. You ever walk somebody down the Romans road? I don't use Romans road. I've, you know, I've tried that stuff. I get lost. I end up in Ephesians and Colossians, and so I don't. <laughs> it's all good, right? It's all, it's all gospel. Um, but I'm not real great with formulas, even though I know they work. And so the, the Romans road, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that that Jesus is who he says he is, that God raised him from the dead, what we celebrate today, because that's, you know, there's, there's other religions that have a, a Savior, but they don't have a, they don't have a resurrection. That's one stark difference, <laughs> one very obvious difference between us and all the other little G gods. Right? It's, it's true. It's, it's, I'm not trying to insult somebody, but if, if somebody doesn't tell you that not every way is, is a way, then you'll think you can follow anyway. And Jesus said, unless you, you know, no one comes to the Father unless you come through, unless you come through me. Right? It's, it's, one, it's literally one way. And they're like, well, that seems whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it seems. Seems like the gospel to me. <laughs> I'm just grateful that he showed me. He's, he's, he is who he says he is. He's God. And so I, I for years, would, would minister in a way that I believe presented people the gospel that would get them to heaven, but I don't know if I presented it in a way that would get them born again and actually get them to, to the Father so that they could walk in their new nature. Because you already know this, but I'm just figuring out that the destination isn't heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the destination's the Father, not heaven. Even though we end up there for all of eternity. But I boiled it down to a location where I would go after I die instead of empowering somebody to have a born-again experience that Jesus talks about in John chapter 3 that says, unless you're born of water and of the Spirit, you won't see the kingdom realm. So if I don't teach somebody a born-again experience, because oftentimes people's first interaction with somebody that shares the gospel with them will be the foundation of who they believe the Father is and what kingdom life looks like. That's pretty important, isn't it? Now, if you've shared the gospel like I have with people that probably didn't do, which got them to a location, but not the destination of the person of the Father, God can fix anything, right? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> you've not ruined anybody's life. <laughs> Some of you had it shared to you like that, right? And here we are. 
I think we're doing okay. We may not know much, but we sure are learning and having fun together. <laughs> we're learning and, and growing and having fun together. And so this born-again experience that you and I were created to have, right? Kaya put it beautifully when she talked about the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Like God's plan, the Father's plan was the gospel all along. It was as if Jesus didn't die 2,000 years ago. It was as if he died, we don't know how many thousands of years ago before the world was created. How many? We could, you could put a number on it, but we don't know. Ten, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions? We're not sure. Yep, wrap your mind around that. Like I, I tried to start thinking about that, and then it, I'm like, eh, too much. <laughs> and so Jesus had this plan. And what has happened to me at times, and that God's bringing me out of, is that I actually begin to fit, fit the gospel message within the culture that was created by the world. I said it a couple a couple weeks ago when I talked about the persecution that the the third you know um, our Pakistani Iran Saudi Arabia I mean all the Middle East and different places the persecuted Jews are experiencing and we think wow you know for one it's a privilege to be born in our nation and I, I get that that's true um, we're like wow we're not experiencing persecution and I would beg to differ is that we are experiencing persecution that it's not but it's not the killing. Uh, or the maiming, or the beating, or kidnapping of people, but, but it is the allure, and the, su the subtle allure of the world's culture that's singing this almost lullaby, that's, that if we allow it to, we, we, we take our gospel, and we begin to fit it in, what, what it says that's culturally correct. <laughs> and this, this isn't a culturally correct gospel. Right? And that doesn't give us the right to be mean or rude or hateful or spiteful to people because that's not the gospel either. Right? It's like 1 Corinthians 13 is, is who the Father is. If you're, if you're curious, you can look at Jesus and 1 Corinthians 13 you say, this is actually who God is. Because I don't know about you, but when I came into the kingdom, I, I mean... Escaping hell was enough for me, but then after a little while, you're like, you know, you ever get this epiphany or revelation or aha moment, and you're like, wow, I'm trusting a God I can't see. Like, I didn't, because I didn't know anything about the gospel growing up, I didn't know anything about Jesus. Um, and so then I've, I'm like, wow, this is a little scary. Right? <laughs> you're like, they say, walk by faith and not by sight. You know, I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I sure would like, you know, some little information on this, this God, well, because I'd already, you know, just, it just, it just, and all of faith seems a little crazy, doesn't it? It seems a little crazy, because before all this moment, I'd already said, I'll follow you anywhere, do anything you want me to do, say anything you want me to say, that sounds real spiritual to the rubber meets the road, you know, but it, 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 I, I'm, in that moment, I, I'm in it with all my heart. Because I knew a God who had just set me completely free from all this list of things. And so I'm like, I'm in. You know, it's love like I've been wanting to experience my whole life. But, 
But then somebody showed me, oh, you want to see God? Look, here in the scriptures, you can see him. He looks like Jesus. I'm like, now I can get with this, right? I can see that the, the gospel, Jesus, you would, we would agree that Jesus is the gospel. The gospel is not just a message of, about the kingdom, but it actually is about the person of Jesus. Because if we boil it down to a message, then we go back to its words that we just share with somebody and not a lifestyle that we're invited into through Jesus' life. Because everywhere, everywhere he went was a demonstration of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Everywhere, with every step that he took, every place that, that he was going, he was teaching, but he was demonstrating what kingdom looks like. He's like, this is the lifestyle that you were created to live because you were created by the Father for this exact thing that I am demonstrating to you. It's what I gave my... He gave up his spot in heaven, right? To come down to earth. You look in Philippians 2. Right? He, he was God... And he was man at the same time, and he chose to lay aside, while still being God, his authority to walk the earth as a man with the Holy Spirit upon him. And there's the key to Jesus' success of embodying the gospel, and it's also our key to our success of embodying the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I've boiled down the gospel at times to the Holy Spirit will come and he will actually help you to be nice and live a better life and he'll help you be successful and he'll give you good ideas, right? And all, all that can be true. And he loves to partner with us and, and give us things, inventions that are coming down from heaven and new businesses and what breakthroughs in medical science or ways to raise rebellious kids or whatever it is. The idea, there's always a solution. There's always a solution to traffic, all those things. So he does all of that. But the gospel was never meant to be boiled down to uh, fix your life up when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Like this will just make you have a better life, right? It becomes like a program. Maybe you've never done this. I did. It becomes like a program where I can actually I can get my stuff together when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And it becomes, you just, he's going to fix me. Have you ever told anybody that? He actually begins to fix me. He'll, he'll come in and rearrange the stuff in the house. He'll gut the thing, you know, get rid of the kitchen. Maybe he'll change the backsplash or, right? And he's like, I, I like that faucet. We'll keep that. We just built a house not long ago, so I, got, I can give you all kinds of house analogies. <laughs> I can give you all kinds of you're remodeling right now. You're like, yeah, I can get, you know, he's like build an add-on, you know, whatever you got going on. He's like, well, those, well, those windows are sufficient. We'll keep those. From the way I understand it, that's not the gospel. He didn't come in to rearrange furniture and fix me. Because when I look at John chapter 3, and it says, unless I'm born again by the, by the Spirit of God, and, we, and by water, and we actually look at the cross, and, and what Joe said in, in 
at the cross when blood and water came out of Jesus' side, right? There was a whole lot more blood that came out before they poked him in the side. But it was a whole lot of blood and there was water that came out. And we begin to look at that as our born-again experience of what Jesus did on the cross and then the in-between day. I don't know at what point, but right after he breathed his laugh, last, he went down into hell and he took back the authority that Adam and Eve you got usurped by the devil, right? And he takes back the authority. And so when he comes back into his body on what we call Resurrection Sunday, and, and he gets up, he's brand new. And it says in Colossians chapter 3 that Jesus' resurrection is our resurrection too. <laughs> that his experience of dying and then coming into what was a resurrected life, right? Was the same experience that we were created to have when we said yes to Jesus. And the Bible calls it getting born again. That it's not born into a new nature with an old nature on us and we got to control it. It's born into a new nature because the old nature got cut away and it doesn't exist anymore. And that all the freedom that we are always created to experience, it now belongs to us. And all the love that we'll need for all of our lives to love every single person in extravagance is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And all the hope and all the joy and all the peace and all the patience, right? God's not up in heaven testing you to see if you can work up patience. It's, it's already in there and I begin to discover it in those moments that seem like, I, I get it. Traffic, whatever, testing. <laughs> we can all relate to that. And so everything that I ever needed actually got birthed on the inside of me. Be, and the only thing that I took into the kingdom was the memory of everything that I, I used to be. Everything else is brand new. Isn't that amazing? And then I, when somebody shows me, then I understand that my position in life changed again not my not just uh, going to heaven one day I'm if that was all the gospel entailed right would sign us all up I'm there but it doesn't and so I know I'm in in a room with people who who want to experience the fullness of what he paid for is that right So it's not about me changing my address at death. It's about me changing my position currently to that held against the Father's chest. Constantly allowing Him to love me. The Bible calls it being seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.6. That when, my, when I realize, when my mind catches up with the revelation that my position has changed, then my outlook will change. Because in from that place, everything I need will begin to be the way that I, I see the world through that lens of love. And love is as actually the foundation of all things kingdom, and it is the fuel for everything that you and I were created to walk in.
Love believes all things, hopes all things, loves the fuel for, for hope, hopes the fuel for joy, loves the fuel for all the power that you and I desire to walk in to see the sick healed and the dead raised and see people actually come into their identity. It's everything that we need is in that experience. But if I boiled it down to you just saying a prayer and not actually experiencing being born again, then I've done you a disservice. And then I will only replicate what was modeled to me. Aren't you glad we're getting what the gospel is? Because my position in him is for all of eternity. And all of eternity started the moment that you and I said yes to Jesus. In whatever way. I'm not telling you that there's magic words that you say when you give your life to Jesus. I believe that it can look like a lot of different things, right? I believe that if I believe, in, if I believe it in my heart and just yell help in a moment and confess, Jesus, your Lord, now I need help. I believe that would do it, right? I'm not... I'm not trying to give you another set of guidelines. But what I am trying to do is paint a picture as I get ready to close of the experience that you and I were actually made to have. And the reason that I bring this up is because recently I've asked Christians, in whether it was in this country and other countries, have you been born again? And they don't know what it is. So have I been saved? Yeah. That's great. What, what do we, what have, at least what I have downplayed saved to as I've been saved from hell going to heaven? That's great. But it's not the fullness of the gospel. But I've been born again, says that I've actually been born into a family. And my new nature came through that experience. And Jesus' resurrection on this day made it possible. And then he walked the earth for 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. What do you do when you come home from work? All right, what's one of the first things you do? For all of you that can't sit down, don't say work more. I'm not looking for that. Let me, let me get the 95% of the rest of us who, <laughs> who sit down when we're done working, right? At least for a few moments. Can I just sit down for a second, right? And gather myself or, or you know, release the stress or tension of the day or just relax for a moment before I get up and, and do whatever. Play with the kids, hang out with the spouse, go do something hopefully out in the yard now that weather is broken and believing it won't snow again. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus sat down because everything that he was going to accomplish is completely finished. And I realize he's coming back again and he'll split the eastern sky. I get that. But all the work that was necessary to be done for you and I to become everything that we were created to be through our born-again experience has already been paid for. It's over. That's exciting. Because if he doesn't have to work anymore, neither do I. Because <laughs> he invites me into, what's Hebrews 4 say? He invites me into his rest. And it's, that's why some people call it the scandal of grace. Because he invites us into the hard work of rest. 
And we're like, that doesn't make sense. I want to work hard and try hard to be a Christian. And he's saying, no, come rest. Because when you rest, you'll actually begin to see everything that you already are. And you'll actually begin to walk in the prophetic word that your life was meant to be. And you'll quit trying to prophesy good things to people. But you'll actually embody the gospel, which will prophesy to the nations. You were created to be discipled by the Father in love. And our lives begin to speak louder than our words ever could. And it begins to shatter all the strongholds that people talk about are so powerful. And the demons and all those things. You realize they've already been defeated. Like it's already done. He stripped them of their authority. And when I embody the gospel, when you embody the gospel, it is impossible for them to do anything against the church. Uh, It is impossible for them to do anything against the bride. Right, Because we know who we are and love literally conquers every bit of darkness and disease and torment. You name it that's out there that opposes kingdom. It is all destroyed in a one simple act of love that we celebrate through this weekend. And that we were created to embody so that the world can see that there wasn't just a love letter that was written on these pages. But now that love letter begins to be written in the hearts of sons and daughters all over the planets. And we begin to display as a living epistle what it looks like to be loved and to become loved. And so for all those people, if you're like, I don't know if I've been born again. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've had a born again experience. There's, that's good, good news for you today. That today's, today's your day. And I may be in a room full of people and people that are online with every single one of you. Like, I've been, I've been born again. But I absolutely refuse to not give people an opportunity to experience what every single person was created for and that I got through mercy and through grace, right? I'm not going to cause people to work for something that I didn't. <laughs> and so moments like this, moments on the streets, I've just started to ask people, man, have you been born again? And they're like, what's that? I find out they're Christians, I say, this is what it is. Not saying you're not already saved. I'm saying that there's more to the gospel than what somebody has told you. And I've done that to people. And there's no shame or condemnation in that. But God is doing this, I believe, all over the planet as He's raising our awareness of how we're presenting what it is to become sons and daughters to people so that they don't live in years of striving to be Christians like we did. Come on. You remember how miserable it was? Oh my gosh, that was one great big bummer, right? (laughs) And at one point, I'm like, if I have to live the rest of my life, you know, constantly crying and sorry for all the, you know, trying hard. And then (laughs) it was... (laughs) It was going to happen. I was going to fail, right? I was going to fail at some point, and it was probably going to be within that week after I went to church, and I'll be back at the altar, and then I just thought that was the Christian life, and then at one point, I'm like, my gosh, this is going to be forever. Okay, I guess, well, I guess heaven's worth it, right? Just be miserable my whole life. It's like one of those infomercials. There's got to be a better way. 
and there is. I'm like, yes! <laughs> I thought I was free before, but you know that you and I can get free from addictions and still not be living free as sons and daughters? Because I didn't have a clue who I was. Because if I would have, I wouldn't have still been living in that torment of religion and how it was speaking louder than truth and how it was telling me, you got to work hard to get this. You didn't work hard enough this week. Better get to the altar. Better get on your face. I'm not opposed to getting on your face. But don't get on your face for something you already got. Right? Get on your face out of intimacy, out of worship, right? Of realizing there's reverence isn't just happening worship services, but it's actually a lifestyle, right? That I, I, I serve a holy and living God, and He's had mercy on me, and so I live in reverence of Him. So sometimes I get on my face, all right? Sometimes I'll get on my face here. It just depends on if I want to mess the toes of my new shoes up, right? <laughs> you may think that's vain, but I'll just take them off, right? And you'll see me down on my knees for a few minutes and my legs start to go numb and i got to do something else. You, have you reached that point in life yet? Some of you reach a point in life, you're like, I'm not even getting down there. I don't blame you because a lot of times I just lay on my back. <laughs> I think it's still reverence. Me and Jesus are both comfortable. Because <laughs> at one point he said, he's like, just be comfortable. I'm like, this ain't it. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned something. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, it's okay to lay down on your pillow, lay before the Lord, right? What father wouldn't want their child to fall asleep in their arms? Come on. But when I used to work for his love, I thought I had to pray long enough to get into that grace. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, and you don't either, right? It's become a lifestyle. Intimacy doesn't happen in moments. You're already there. It's realizing my position. So if you haven't been born again or you haven't had that born again experience, I just want you to stand to your feet today. For anybody that wants to, I'm just offering it. I'm not saying that there's anybody in the room that needs it. <clears throat> Good. We all get it. So now I'm just going to have you stand to your feet so we can pray and begin to be able to. This is, this is my prayer for us. Is that in every... It's my prayer and my question or challenge to all of us. The challenge first is that can you and I share the gospel with any person in any situation? Do we know how to articulate the gospel to somebody? Right? Because I've been under the assumption for years that I could articulate it in any situation. And I've been challenged in some, right? Because just because you can preach it on a Sunday morning doesn't mean you can, you can break it down like, you know, somebody has a, needs it like a fifth grader. So can we share the gospel with somebody? Because we were created, you're like, well, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not really doing street evangelism. I'm not, you know, out. I'm not kind of that kind of person. It's not external for me. There's going to be situations where you and I both need to share the gospel and it's not going to be out, you know, in street evangelism. It's going to be when we embody the gospel and somebody asks us, why are you so different? Why do you love me so well and I treat you so terrible? 
right? Why are you so happy and hopeful when it looks like everything's going, you know, in a handbasket, right? Why, why, why do you, why would, have you watched the news? How are you still hopeful, right? And we have, a, we are responsible to prepare a response, and the response is the gospel. And it can be told in a lot of different ways in a lot of situations, but being prepared is our responsibility. And so I'm going to pray for us to have the wisdom, heavenly wisdom, to know what to do and when to do it, and that we would come into the realization of our position held in Him so that we can embody the gospel and speak the prophetic word that only our lives was create, were created to speak. Isn't that amazing? So, Father, I thank you. We thank you so much. I thank you for a room full of, and even online, people that are, have been born again, that they know what it means to come into a new nature as a son or daughter. And hopefully, like I am, we're all learning to be held by him and be loved by him in our position that Jesus paid for through his resurrection and through his ascension that we're celebrating. Not just today, but every day. And we thank you for the cross and what it means to us. Would you give us wisdom that we would even be guided by the spirit of wisdom in every situation to know how and when to share the gospel with people, but that our lives would speak louder than our words ever could. That you, Holy Spirit, that are the key was the key to Jesus' life or still the key to our lives of embodying the gospel, would you come this day? And if we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would begin to realize that we've been clothed in power in a greater way than we have before. And if we haven't, I pray that you would come and Jesus, you would baptize people today so that that can experience that you commanded the disciples to wait in Luke 24, 49 to wait in Jerusalem, to be clothed with power from on high, that every person would experience that so that we can model the life that you lived for us and as an invitation to us. <laughs> we thank you, Father. Thank you for tearing up everything in our foundation that's not love and begin to replace it with love that it would be everything that fuels us to live this born-again life that you made us for, that it would be everything that fuels us for every person that we interact with, every person that we pray for, every person that we get around, that our life would be love and that it would do everything, that our lives would make the impact that we were created to. We thank you that you're doing this with us and that we get to do it from resting in you. <laughs> thank you that you're going to continue to overhaul our thinking. <clears throat> We're grateful for it and we need it. I know I do. And we just submit to the process of understanding the embodiment of the gospel that we were created to do, we were created to be. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Father, for coming with healing for every person that needs it. I know we're going to have a prayer team up here in just a minute. 
You guys can start to come here in just about 30 seconds or so. But I feel like there's healing that's in the room. There's healing for hearts. There's healing for minds. There's healing for people who feel like they're they're dealing with mental illness or what seems to be mild schizophrenia or, or psychosis. I thank you right now for healing. I thank you for healing of those things. Papa, and anything else, we just receive, just receive. Just receive, just begin to thank him for it. Just one of those moments, I feel the grace for it to take place. Thank you, Father. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for destroying lies that say people aren't good enough. It's destroying lies that say your life isn't going to be impactful, so you better try to imitate someone else. Thank you for destroying that lie right now. And that we would each meditate on the truth that we're significant and that we're called by you. Yeah, thank you, Father. We're significant and we're called by you. We're chosen. We're your beloved. We're your favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah, thank you that no one else can release the sound we were created to release. No one else. No one else can release revelation in the ways we were created to. No one else can write it. No one else can say it. No one else can live it in the exact way that we were uniquely created to. So thank you, Father, Father, for that revelation being received by us as a whole, that it's going out through the body of Christ, and that the fulfillment of what you said in Matthew 28, that disciple nations, that it is happening all over the planet. We thank you, Father, as we continue to pray into it. We thank you for it happening in our nation in an increased way. And that we would never forget our brothers and sisters in other countries that have a different kind of persecution than we do. And we continue to pray for them as we know they're praying for us. We've been told so many times. We thank you, Father. They're all one big, living, breathing, powerful, holy, loving bride on planet Earth. Thank you. I just bless what you're doing in the room right now, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in every heart, the revelation that's being released, the healing that's happening, the freedom that's taking place. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you. Jesus' name, thank you. Yeah, we got a prayer team that's going to be up here in just a, a few moments. If you need prayer for, for something else and something didn't happen that you need it to or you just need breakthrough in a certain area and you just want to partner with somebody in prayer, be encouraged because all these people are prophetic and they want to encourage you prophesy into your life yeah if not we bless you guys I know some of you need to get to family and thanks for being with us today we're super grateful 
pray that as you embody the gospel this week, you begin to see more fully what you were created to release. And hopefully we'll see you all at the prophetic conference on Friday and Saturday. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.